Hey, everybody, and welcome to the SoFlow Circle. My name is Tim Davis, and I am your host today. And welcome to our first interview in COVID-19 pandemic world, where we are all locked in our homes and using tons of technology and uh, re-recording podcasts because they have previously crashed on us. Uh, which this will be the second conversation between our guest today, who is Ryan Arnst. Unfortunately, you never get to hear that first conversation because my computer can't handle that much audio and video power. But Ryan and I are talking on Zoom today, and we, we're going to talk about um, his kind of career path as a multimedia specialist, photographer, videographer, editor, graphic designer, kind of doing it all, uh, and also his path into becoming uh, an employee of Stone Circle Media as one of our videographers and editors and also photographer. Uh, so I won't take up any more of your time. Let's jump into my conversation with Ryan Arnst. I think primarily up until the last couple months, I've really worked with you as a photographer. I mean, well, you, you shot a short film that An- that Andrew wrote and directed yeah. that I was in a couple of few years ago. Um, Afterlife, which everyone should go watch. <laughs> love it. I love that. I love that short. It's like one of my favorites. Um, that Andrew has done, but really like photographer is kind of how I've seen you. Um, you've, you've done all the photos for our theater for, Oh, I'm wearing that. If you, if you watch the video of this, if it ever gets released, I'm doing a little product placement for new city of players today, wearing that t-shirt, um, you can't help doing the photos too. for us. I can't No, the, the cross branding. It's like, you got to do it as much as possible. Um, and I, and I think photography has a special place in your heart, but you've also been on this journey of tons of other skills, learning, learning things as you go, going to college for certain things. So kind of give me the path of what made you fall in love with cameras, with the digital services, digital stuff, or what made you get into some of that stuff? Give us like the, the yeah. narrative of yeah. your uh, um, media journey. Yeah. So I, I got into, you know, actually it start, all started with like short filmmaking in high school, you know, with Andrew mm-hmm. and, some of our friends, um, we, who we affectionately refer to as cream of the crop. Um, <laughs> yes. you know that. COTC. Um, yeah. Um, so kind of started with that and actually, you know, like I said, I started making some short films before I even did anything in photography, which is so, so weird to me, um, thinking about that now, but, um, you know, I picked up a camera and I was just like, wow, I can make the background blurry and that's really cool. <laughs> and I started <laughs> yep. taking pictures of everything, you know, I feel like there's this like weird set of images that any photographer start, starting out is going to take. And it's usually like a lot of flowers. Um, <laughs> if you're in like South Florida, it's going to be some lizards. Yes. Um, definitely like water and like lakes. You know, it's just it's like this weird like um, realization of nature being around you and being able right. to make it look pretty, you know. Right. Um, right. Especially in South Florida when it's not always pretty, but it's like, you know. It's crazy jungle mess. <laughs> yes, but, tropical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I mean, is beautiful, of course, but it's kind of like right. I don't know. It's this weird self-realization journey that is not really what you asked me about. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, we can get into that later. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah. Um, so it kind of happened from there, and I just got more and more into it. You know, I actually shot some film in that time, not knowing any clue what I was doing. Just found an old film camera in my dad's. You know. Um, yeah in the closet and I was like, Oh, let me try, try this. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, just kind of figuring out all that stuff. I actually took on some clients super early too. 
um, which is really scary, you know, like shooting a wedding when you're in a junior in high school, <laughs> you know, um, were they like friends or family or, uh, one was, uh, kind of like acquaintance, uh, and the other one was kind of just random. Like, I think that was a referral or something, but wow. like, yeah, just totally out of the blue. And, um, that's a whole nother story. That one didn't go as well as the other one, <laughs> but it, I didn't like mess anything up really that bad but right um yeah so it was like just kind of dove right in you know um Mm -hmm. so after that i you know obviously graduated high school then went into college and you know i had this like photography and film um you know experience under my belt going into college and also some you know photoshopping of memes um from study all of course Mm -hmm. and um i kind of didn't want to study like major in those things you know i kind of wanted to go broaden my skills um and try some Mm -hmm. different stuff so i majored in communication um and i minored in graphic design which i felt like were two things that i could really grow in and um, yeah yeah, i did have some growing to do there for sure um so yeah i just it was kind of an intentional thing but at the same time it was kind of like i just want to try all of it you know Mm -hmm. Um, right so that's how I, I got to there. And then I had to take an intern, do an internship as part of uh, the communication program. So I uh, started working at this um, church called Community of Hope. And that turned into a full-time job that I've been in for the past three years and just recently left to do contract work with them and you know uh, be part-time at mm-hmm. Stone Circle Media. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, but that's, that's where I've been. Here's where I'm at, so. Yeah. Yeah, so tell me, while you were talking, I was thinking about, um, you know, that decision to for your major to be communications, minor in graphic design. I, I almost have this, I, I have this, like, um, sense that college is just kind of becoming less and less valuable uh, in terms of learning technical skills yeah. or learning a craft, so to speak. I mean, there's yeah. just, like, an infinite amount of stuff, especially for photography, videography, editing, just for free on YouTube. Uh, plus you could, you could pay to do master classes or web. I mean, there's just so much information to learn those skills on the internet. And so college being more of a, how do I think critically? How do I work on teams? How do I interact with other people? How do I like broaden my soft skills almost right. like li- the liberal arts stuff? Yeah. I mean, obviously for like being a doctor and some of those professions are always going to need formal, rigorous education. But like most of the filmmakers and photographers I know did not go to school for those things. Yeah. They were like, they either didn't go to school or they went for something more liberal artsy or something more general and then honed those skills on the job, YouTube, just kind of like years of tinkering with a camera and self-learning. Yeah. Um, was that kind of, was that your experience with the different areas? Yeah. Um, I think that I did not learn a lot technically in college. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> um, Even with graphic design or I learned a little bit more with that. Um, I think that, um, that was a little bit more of a honing, but even then it was like, it was a lot of stuff that I really could have just learned online or on the job. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, I mean, fortunately, unfortunately, that's just kind of what it is nowadays. I actually right. know a few people that did graduate with like totally random degrees. Right. And then are now like these wedding filmmakers, you know, 
they just like <laughs> hustled like right after college and yep. d- turned their whole career into this thing. It's just like, yeah, you can do that now. You know, like that is, I would say probably 50% or more of the content creators mm-hmm. you see online are, are doing. They're not doing formal training in this. They're not going to college. They are learning online and they're learning through yeah. experience and they're learning on the job. And I think that, yeah. um, whereas that's a really cool opportunity for, for people that might not be able to afford college. Um, I think it's also, I think we also can't downplay the importance of college in, ter- in terms of learning like sure. social skills, um, in terms of learning like how to be on yeah. a team and work together and all that stuff because mm-hmm. that's, that's not the, you don't learn that stuff in high school, <laughs> you know? And by the right. time you graduate, I actually thought that I was like, oh, I could just, you know, be this freelance photographer. I don't need to go to college. I even thought that honestly, Tim, but yeah. I'm so glad that I did go to college because I learned how to be an adult, <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, I feel the same way. Yeah. 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 So, and I, Andrew actually said it once. I, I think he, he ended up majoring in like three different things, which is crazy, but he was like, uh-huh. I don't think any film major, should major in film i think they should actually major in like english or yeah something philosophy uh, yeah or... <laughs> right yeah some kind of supplementary yeah. something that'll actually um help with that with what you actually want to do you know right so i think yeah. you kind of have to look at it from something that, that serves the art more than the craft yeah because the craft is totally commoditized and right. you can learn it for free correct uh, but the art is something you kind of have to experience life and yes. like you can't speed up your sensibility as an artist. Yeah. It it tracks with you as you consume great art, as you make things, as you create. But like you could learn how to be a ph- photographer in a couple months yeah. if you worked at it every single day. I mean, you could come in at an entry level and yeah, start totally. And it, to I think it. that people, you know, family members and whatnot say, "Oh, you have such a great eye," and I'm like, guys, like, calm down. <laughs> and literally anybody could do this. You just need to put the time into it. You know, like. Right. Sign up for that master class thing that I've been getting tons of ads sure. for. I don't know why. I've, oh my I've gosh. I, that. They're deciding to they target have, me. I wonder, I, I wonder if they're finally making a killing with those. Like, I mean, I assume <laughs> they've been doing pretty well, right. but now it's like, I mean, it's like yeah. the perfect time for that kind of thing. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, that's a good Is point there, too. It, Hone your skills now. Yeah. When you can, you know? yeah, yeah. So, so let's pivot to that really quick because let's uh, in this sort of current moment. I mean, we're yeah. we're experiencing as a company. Um, really, I feel like what we've been primarily consumed with in the last couple of weeks is helping our existing clients transition to this new world where most of their work is being done digitally and no longer gathering people in a space in any way. Yeah. Um, what are some things that you think are important uh, for business leaders as they move from working someplace together to working remotely. Uh, you've been working from home for a while now. Yeah. Tips, ideas. What do you think? Yeah. Um, so let me try and dig up my memory from what we'll call the uh, forgotten podcast that is <laughs> yes, <laughs> zeros and ones corrupted somewhere in a hard drive. Yep. Now, um, yep. the, the thing I think is most important now, and I think that, you know, most businesses are really, starting to understand is um, your content is like your online digital content is going to be so key now, mm-hmm. you know, um, whether that's video, whether it's graphic design, whether it's, you know, good product photos. Um, yep. That is, 
necessity of business right, right now. And, you know, I think moving forward, it's going to be even more, you know, I don't think we're trending away from that. Right. I think that yeah, the no amount way. of content that you have, um, you know, good video content, um, solid graphics, you know, um, a website with, you know, a lot of resources. I think that mm-hmm. it's just going to become more and more important um, as this coronavirus pandemic goes on, but also in the aftermath. I think that, I mean, yep. you shared a, an article the other day about what are some of the things that are going to make um, people more willing to go into public spaces, you know, uh, yeah. and like attend things and, and be present. Yep. And uh, I think it's going to be a while, you know, and, and the mm-hmm. leading, the leading, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, the leading thing on that was like, if people know there's a vaccine that that then they'll yep. be that was the top right. thing. Yeah, but yep. Could, that could be pretty far off and i don't think the need yeah, 12, for digital months. content's going anywhere anytime soon no yeah, yeah no not at all there was a there, there's a podcast it, it's it's a, so interesting that we are we are a media company you know we're like helping other businesses create a ton of content uh, as much as we can and and this is completely on me i don't commit a ton of time to creating content for our business yeah and I think it's because I'm spending all of my time creating content for our clients right. and helping them brainstorm, but then also for the New City Players, the theater company that I run. Yeah. It's like, that's where my creator hat is on, yeah. whereas Stone Circle Media is like behind the scenes, helping other people. Here's our one podcast per I, week. I think that's where we need um, to be right now. You know, I think I we do. Need to we be have there. to help right now. Right. Yeah, right. We, we have to help. And, and I obviously have a... a greater responsibility to the theater company um at this moment anyways when we've got events being canceled and shows moving on and artists who are relying on us and all that kind of stuff but the thing that i there's a podcast i listen to for it's all about arts marketing and i haven't listened to the podcast yet but the title of it is um your arts organization needs to become a media company yeah and this is one of those things for anyone who follows Gary V, uh, who I love. <laughs> I just love that guy. Uh, he is like, you're not, a, you're not a, you're not a theater company. You're not a plumber. You're not a lawyer. You're not. You're a media company. Yeah. Like that's your that that's one of your main businesses is being a media company and producing content for the internet that grows your brand value. Yeah. And we sort of like have intuitively done that with New City Players for several years. And, you know, getting getting you involved has been huge in that. Obviously, having Andrew make us trailers has been a huge part of that. Um, not not being scared to be silly and risky on social media and keep things light every now and then. Um, but like the recognition that I just have hours and hours and gigs and gigs of videos and photos to look back on to recontextualize for right now is like such a relief for the theater company. Because obviously we're doing, we're creating new programming, we're creating some online programming, but like we also have a hopper full of stuff that we can just pull out and keep brand awareness at a high level. I think what's going to happen after all this is people are going to realize they're almost going to start like virus proofing or pandemic proofing (laughs) their business. Yeah. And I think the number one way to do that, um, well, maybe the number one way is like financial. You know, I'm no financial guru, but probably like creating reserves, having good cash flow and, you know, just having a strong handle on income and expenses. That's probably always number one for recession proofing your business yeah. is 
having the financial solid. But to me, number two, if not even number one, is having a digital presence, having a media library, having a website that is functional, that's got content on it, having social media platforms and and um, being on those different networks, uh, depending on which one sort of fits your business. And uh, it's like, that's what you, that's what everyone is craving right now. They're like wishing. Yeah. That oh, I wish paper. I had stuff to post. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Um, I think this will have, yeah. uh, I think this will have some real implications on how people think of their crisis communication and crisis plans after this. Cause we haven't yes. had, um, you know, I mean, obviously social media is still pretty young. Um, every, yep. anybody being able to make a website, you know, on Squarespace or Wix or whatever is also yep. very young still. Um, yep. the last, I heard some people compare like the crisis we're in now to nine 11 and you know, in yeah. 2001, there was nothing like this. There wasn't the crazy no. need for content that we have right now. You know, yeah. um, I think this is going to become a part of a lot of people's crisis, uh, or a lot of businesses and organizations crisis plan. Um, maybe some yep. Instagram influencers too, obviously, but they're probably doing fine. They're just, they just need makeup and some good yes. lighting at home. <laughs> yeah. well, as long as they're, uh, as long as the businesses that sponsor them. Right. Yeah, exactly. Are, are, are good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you're, you're totally right on the money on that, that, you know, this is only going to become more necessary to doing business. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, for sure. Um, what, what's something about, and, and I'll let, I'll let you pick whether it's, yeah like broad media, multimedia services, or if you want to pick like film, filmmaking, videography, photography, graphic design, what's something you run into with clients, with people you work with um, that's like insider knowledge that would be really helpful if other, if outsiders understood? Hmm. Hmm. I know I kind of pulled that question out of nowhere. No, but. no, you're good. Um, I think, I think that for me and, and the clients that I've worked with, um, the most important thing I would say is to find s- someone who already kind of matches your style or like what you think mm. your style might be. I think you're going to yeah. waste a lot of time um, with someone who is fighting against what you want. <laughs> you know, right. um, I think that if you have certain views of you know, obviously there's going to be some trial and error there. Right. But like yep. for me and for new city players, for example, we've had a great relationship over the years and our photography uh, going back and forth because our, our styles sync up and like, yep. there's not like, you're not sending me back a bunch of edits to make because you want someone's pimple <laughs> removed or like, you know, oh, whatever it is. Never. Yeah. Never. Right. I can't imagine doing yeah, that. Yeah, no, right. Um, I hire you so I don't have to do that. Yeah. But, but you know, I have I have had clients that expect me to Photoshop stuff more. Um, Interesting. For, for yeah. you know, it's just a very specific example. And, that, and that's not really me. Um, that's right. not because I can't do it. I can totally do it. You know, but just like, right. I, I'm not really, I'm more of a natural, you know, light Mm -hmm. edits i don't really like to um i don't like to overdo the editing or anything um but which interestingly works with in my opinion works with theater photos really well yeah i see other theaters like doing weird things to their pictures and and to me it's like 
the, the marketing brain, my marketing brain yeah. is like, you're trying to capture the live experience right. in a photo or in a video. So like as close to what it's going to look and feel like as you can get, that's what you want. Yeah, yeah I agree. And, you know, I mean, there's a place for that. I think there's a place for anything. Um, but sure. I would say what's going to help you the most in choosing a photographer, videographer, graphic designer, whatever, you're going to be so much less frustrated um, and you're going to get along so much better with that person, have a, have a better working relationship with them. If you really take some time to look into their previous work and think, mm. Hmm, do I really like that? Would I see that what they did for someone else for my business? And if right. the answer is no, right. I would say keep on looking. You know, I think that's right. a that's probably a, the number one tip I would give. And no, I, that's I think that's great. Yeah, and number two would be work with someone in your network first. So mm. like, great. I'm not discouraging people from going out to find new new you know for t- you know content creators whatever. Um, mm-hmm. that's has its place as well. But I think if you look within your network first, ask around people you're friends with that have also had, you know, like a wedding photographer for, for instance, you know, um, mm-hmm. say your friend gets married and you're, you ask them who their wedding photographer was, did they like them? Um, yeah. referrals are always going to be like your best clients yeah. usually like it, there's a level of trust there going into it. Um, that you don't have to like manufacture or you don't have to like create, you know, there's, you start at this baseline, you know, um, which is just, it's going to get you better results. One, uh, generally I've seen, um, and it's also going to make the experience, you know, better. Right. Yeah. It's that whole thing of if you work with someone and you have a good experience and they're happy with the product, you're happy with the process. Um, someone who they know and they're friends with and they like are probably going to be somewhat s- similar to them. Yeah. So you can have a similar positive experience, yeah. you know, cause w- what's the saying of like, we are the sum of the three or five people we spend the most time right. with. Right. You know, it's like that. And then from there, I think that network builds out and sorry, my daughter's still just <laughs> walking around. Hey, you're fine. You're fine. This is, this is our life now. Um, as that network grows and as your business grows, you know, I think, see honey, I think those things will have to expand and you will encounter clients who maybe it's not a right fit, but you decided to work together anyways. But I think your first point is, is not one that I really thought of, but one that is so important. And I I tend to struggle with that on the other side of like, well, we're a good fit for everybody. Everybody should want what we do. (laughs) Right. Uh, but that's that's not true. No, you know that we're yeah. not a we're not a great fit for everybody. Yeah, and and you know there's a reason why, like you know, for instance, like Maltz Theater Company, or you know that yes. they do so well with their audience, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> and that wouldn't work yep. with New City Players, you know. It's just a totally no. It's a different. It's your different audience, you know, and completely different styles and different expectations too is the biggest thing. Yeah, actually. yeah, definitely. What, uh, what, what sort of resources have helped you along the way? Um, and, and the last time we chatted, we talked about the like, and maybe we get into this a little bit, the um, multi-skilled, multimedia specialist. I don't even know what the right term is for that. But it's like I do the video and the photography and the graphic design and yeah, the website. I've never had a good title in my whole life, so I <laughs> don't know what to make it. <laughs> Yeah. So it's like there's that, but then there's also specializing in each of those things. 
Um, what resources have helped you grow in those different areas, have helped you decide, um, and maybe it's not a resource, maybe it's just a realization, but made you realize, I don't want to do this anymore, or I do want to do all these things. Yeah. Yeah, talk about yeah. that. Um, I actually really just figured out things as I needed to do them. So, mm-hmm. like, a, a problem presents itself in a new project, and, like, oh, going to YouTube this, going to Google this, learn it, yep. um, and we're good. Keep on moving on. Um, there's only been very few things that I have um like intentionally sat down and like learned more about this you know so that i i don't have a problem you know on the on the later end i just know how to do it there's right i would say that's probably a very small part percent of what i've Mm -hmm. learned in the past three years is things that i've like intentionally sat down like i'm gonna learn this before this happens um it's usually like learn as you go you know Oh, um, completely. Yeah. Um, I almost feel like that's a benefit. That's been a, a, a strange, a, a strange benefit of um, kind of our, our generation, dare I say it, millennials. Um, and then the generation coming after that is like, as the world has shifted more digital in the last several years, we have been able to naturally adapt to that. Yeah. Like most things I've ever done or choices I've made have been because I Googled something, got some sort of inspiration or idea, yeah. recontextualize it for my needs, and then acted upon it. Yeah. Uh, so there's like that piece of like, very easy to learn something as you go or be inspired quickly, uh, but also like just being really fast at yeah. email and texting. And right. <laughs> it's like, I, I work with some people who are 20, 30 years older than us, where it's like something that they do could take them two hours, could take me 15 minutes yeah. just because of the speed in which I can interact with the software and hardware right. and whatnot. I think a really interesting part of that too is like, um, what's the word for it? Not like trial and error, but troubleshooting. So yes. like figuring out, figuring out like, okay, if this isn't working, then it's this, then it's this, it's this, you know? Yeah. Um, I think yeah. that has been a, like an invaluable skill in what I do oh, is like, sure. I run into problems all the time. Like, you know, the other day I was having this weird problem editing something in Premiere and it's like, the answer was actually pretty simple. You know, I just had to nest the sequence, whatever. But like I spent, you know, 15, 20 minutes not researching how to fix it. And the fact that I could kind of eliminate what I think the problem might be, you know, Mm -hmm. from the top down is what made that go so quickly. Um, I think that is a skill. Um, I don't really know how to in, to like intentionally invest in being a better right. troubleshooter. Um, but I think that it is something that you should always be honing, and that is only going to become more and more important as our use of technology and these right. softwares grow. I mean, this is a new software update out like every other week for Adobe. You know, and they're always oh, changing sure. stuff. You know. It's not the days of, you know, oh, we wait a few years and then they have a new update. I mean, that just doesn't happen. Yeah, it's constant. Yeah, you you always have to be learning. You always have to be sharp. And if you're not, then what your work, you know, the quality of work is going to start to fall behind, Mm -hmm. you know, and other people are going to be doing more exciting things than you. Yeah. Um, That's right. If you're not sharp. You, fu- you work with people or hire people who are way sharper than you, yes. which is all I've ever done. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And I think that yeah. that's okay. You know, and I think that oh, of course, um, there's a lot to 
to learn about that. I am definitely not a person that I'm a very much like a do it yourself kind of thing. When yeah. it comes to like anything technology, camera, media related, like I will sure. do it myself. Like I don't want to ship this out on someone else. Like I will do it. Uh, when it comes to, to doing stuff around my house, I'm like, dad, help. <laughs> my stepdad, help. Um, yeah. Calling contractor, yeah. you know, like I know what I'm good at and what I can troubleshoot, you know, yeah. and then I'm not afraid to call out for help, you know, when totally. I, I don't understand, you know, what the heck caulk is and what it does and how to, <laughs> right you know, right it so yeah, yeah. Well, and i think that's part of maturing as a professional is like really learning yeah. these are these are this is my sweet spot these are my skills these are the things that are actually worth my time right you know it's in my zone of i enjoy it and i'm good at it yeah um exactly. and it like produces meaningful results yeah because otherwise it's a hobby right you know you could be good at it and enjoy it but it might not be your job. It might be a hobby, you know, which is fine, but like finding that professional sweet spot and then anything that doesn't fall in that circle. Um, I mean, we all have to do things we don't want to do or we're not particularly good at yeah. because at different stages of your career, you can't just like farm out all the stuff you don't like. Um, but I think growing as a professional uh, and, and growing as someone who's like kind of consistently growing and finding promotions or finding new roles or, okay, now I'm leading a team. If that's something people are interested in, you got to find your sweet spot and then have the humility to to delegate and find people who are better than you at all sorts of different yeah. things that make a that make a business work. Yeah. Totally. So if if there was a different uh, what's like a different profession that you would want to do? <laughs> oh, if you man. weren't doing all of these media yeah. things. It's a great question. Uh, probably something that would make me a lot more money. <laughs> <laughs> in just the vo most vain you know way possible um i want money let yeah, me right? be clear <laughs> um i th i love media stuff um i think that it just it was the right fit for me um yeah. i would probably do something like financial maybe um it seems hmm. kind of interesting to me you know our, my friend uh, pierce gainey uh you know pierce um yeah. he he does like insurance for a living but yeah. then, but here's the cool thing. Here's what I really envy about Pierce. On the weekends, Pierce goes out and he takes all these awesome dro drone pictures of South Florida. Yeah. And he loves that. And he never, I mean, from what I can tell, he never gets tired of that. He also does some, yeah. you know, on the ground photography as well. Um, right. But what I really envy about that is the fact that he really still loves to do that. I don't do, take a lot of things for myself. I don't do a lot of, of my own projects, you know. There's not yeah. a lot of passion in that right now for me but the birds yeah no the That's birds okay yeah the birds are on yeah, my list yeah um i have you know really fell into a love for bird photography uh recently i don't know why but um which is so funny yeah. and also awesome I, I love it i feel like um tony soprano you know with his ducks <laughs> yes <laughs> the ducks yeah i just finished the sopranos last week did you really for the first time yeah i finished it yeah. we, we finished it a couple months ago for the first time Oh wow! Yeah. I loved it. I know. It was, I loved it. But I'm kind of wondering if there's some other meaning with my bird photography now. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> maybe see this right well, now. for Tony, it was um, he was a sociopath. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Right. Um, like the love of animals and babies, but disregard for any other type yeah. of human life. Ah, clues to sociopathy. Um, That's your bonus uh, psychology tip today, everyone. Gosh, but to, to the ultimate answer to the question, I think that. 
if I could do something, if I had to do it all again, or if the cards crumbled this way, whatever, I don't know. The cards yeah. crumble is not a real thing. Cookie uh, crumble, cookie cards crumble. Fell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if the cards fell this way, um, I would really love to do something that I'm good at and that that funds the personal hobbies on the side, but then really sure. like the just make art for myself, you know, yeah. in my free time. Mm. Um, doing doing professional media all, all the time is just it's creatively draining, you know, um, yeah. in a way that you. Now, when I'm not doing that, I just don't, I don't want to do anything like relate media related when I'm free and have free time, you right. know? Um, so yeah, I think that maybe I would have gone that way. Probably not. Cause this is just what right. I'm good at, you know? <laughs> um, and yeah. it's not that I don't enjoy it still, you know, I, and I still do my mm-hmm. own stuff. Like we talked about the birds. Um, but yeah, if I could incorporate that, even going forward into my life more of like doing what pays the bills. And I, hit, I don't mean that in like a bad way, but literally just doing what you need to do during the week. And then yep. um, when you have free time doing what you love and really want to do. Um, right. So, yeah. 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 There's this interesting thing in the, for the artist, you know, artist at its broadest definition where, if you if you want to make money as an artist, I think inherently it has to become a business yeah. in this in today's world. You know, it's like it's it's the very rare person who is so gifted and so genius. You know, I, I think of Mark Rothko, you know, it's just like locks himself in a studio. Yeah. All he does is paint. Yeah. Someone else takes care of the business stuff and, you know, selling his paintings and, you know, that, that sort of like pure, this is all I do. It's so non-existent for most artists. There's always some sort of grind and yeah. some sort of like, you're doing things for other people in order to do something for yourself. And right. you probably make more money doing the thing for other people than you make doing the thing for yourself. And you're trying to like balance this commercial commercial success that like pays the bills versus like the thing you really love, which maybe you're not, again, you need that life experience to get better yeah. at. And, and so, yeah, I think some people... Like me personally, I, I enjoy that kind of sick tango of <laughs> art, arts, entrepreneur, yeah. business. Um, and, and part of that comes from being able to um, separate out the, the true like artist work versus yeah. all of the other things. Yeah. And you're like, for me, the way I like to express myself the most is acting. So when I'm acting, like it, that's it, yeah. you know, when I'm doing all the other stuff, it's, it's a mess. It's yeah. mixed. It's like, it's artist brain, it's business brain, it's back and forth. It's using creative energy. It's making, you know, more like financially based decisions. It's kind of the back and forth, but that, you know, the, the, the core center of like the art that I love, uh, I try not to let that be corrupted by some of that other stuff, but it hardly produces any personal revenue. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why all right. of the other things kind right. of have to 
occur. Yeah. Uh, which is uh, some people who can just do it as a hobby. I so respect that when it's like I work my insurance job and then I do my thing on the weekend. Yeah. I could never do that. Yeah. But so it's right for some people. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I, that's think, cool. I think probably the why, reason why that hasn't happened to me because it's probably not right for me either. And it's funny that you mentioned about like acting for you because I totally did see um, a different Tim in Falling. All right. Like <laughs> you were, it wasn't like anything you said in particular, but like it was just the way you were and like the way you were on stage. It was like, just felt like it, you were in your space, you know? Yeah. Um, more so than, you know, when you're directing a show or producing or whatever. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It's a completely, completely different seat on the bus or frame of mind yeah. or, yeah. And, and I, and I, I think the thing I've realized about myself in the last five years is it's not, it's not either or, you yeah. know, I, I enjoy all of it. I enjoy the diversity. We've talked about this where it's like kind of every day is a new, a new project, a new person, a new client, a new play. I mean, that's why I love theater. Like you do a play and then it's done. It's over. You move on to the next play. It's like, a, it's a new world. It's a new, like that, that, um, diversity really excites me. Yeah. So I know like if I had like a niche job, nine to five, did the same thing every day, I'd probably, I'd lose it. You know, I like the challenge that multiple plates, multiple plates brings, um, do you th- quick question for you, Tim? I'm gonna turn yeah. the tables. I'll have the Uh-oh. I'll have the tables turn tables. <laughs> Isn't that from the office? Oh, yeah. Oh yes, yeah. yes, yes. Um, look, look how the turntables yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Um, do you think that our feeling of this is a product of ourselves, or do you think it's a product of our culture? Do you think that like 50 years ago, or even in another country today? we would not feel the same way about that as we do right now. Oh, totally. Yeah. I, I think we are, I think our generation and probably, probably, you know, the one before us got really brainwashed with the do what you love mm-hmm. message. And that has really confused a lot of us and hurt a lot of us. And helped a lot of us. Yeah. You know, it's like I think different people have have uh, experienced different consequences from that like hardcore messaging. You know, there's just so many movies and TV shows that was of parents wanting their kids to grow up and be accountants, and the kid wanted to be an artist, and you know, the parent was wrong, and the kid followed their dream. <laughs> you know, like that. I think just. It, like again, in one sense, I think it's really good and valuable. And one thing, in one sense, I think it was corrupting to the opposite experience. Yeah. You know, truck drivers make sixty to eighty grand a year. Dude, I know. I've seriously considered becoming a truck driver a few times. And they are essential to our country's well-being. And it's an honorable, honorable profession. And it makes great money. And why should that be like looked down upon as a profession? Um, you know, some, I, I think, I think what it is is like for a while I thought, well, everyone has a dream to do something. And for me, it was like, everyone wants to be famous and like be a famous person or be a celebrity. 
because uh, that's in my brain. It's like I want to be fame. I want fame. I want attention. You know, that's my kind of actor vein personality. Yeah. It's like I want attention. I want to be the boss. I want to, you know, I want, I want, blah, blah, blah. This kind of like borderline narcissism at all times. Not everyone's like that. Yeah. You know, tons of people are just like very chill, normal people, more than happy with like being a truck driver. That's their job job or like the nine to five desk job. And then like life is about their family and their hobbies and um, paying the bills. Um, and, and I think that some people have been really hurt by the follow your dream message because maybe they felt like they didn't have a dream necessarily yeah. or they didn't have some like burning thing in their gut. And if you don't have that, you're almost looked down upon in today's world where it's like, well, why don't you want something more for yourself? Right. Or, so I definitely think it's cultural and and not necessarily something. I, I think if you and me were born 150 years ago, like we'd be <laughs> farmers and we'd be fine with it probably. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, but yeah, that's a that's a good question. Um. We're wrapping up here. I got a couple more, couple more questions that I want to go through. Right. Pick your brain about speed round. What are you curious about right now? Hmm. Man, I'm curious about. Aside from anything COVID related, <laughs> yes, of course. Question. I'm curious about um, film scores. I'm curious about mm. music and how it interacts with video or putting that to a story. Yeah. Um, I have never been a musical person, um, like at all. Like I can play like a few chords on the ukulele, <laughs> um, but yeah. Hannah's family is like all musicians. Hannah's my yes, wife. I mean, like are. literally, they are all musicians. And like playing Broadway in Chicago, you know. Um, yeah. And I've never had that in my life. You know, my parents were never like you need to take a piano class, you know, because they right. never have musicians, you know, they never yeah. do anything like that. Um, but I've been very interested in just like noodling around on the piano and just like, like feeling out music. Mm. But for me, because I'm primarily a visual person and not an audio audio person, I think that's always mm-hmm. going to be the case for me. I, I like relate it to something I can see. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. and what really like blew my mind lately is like, I, I know it's like three year old game now, but I just got a Nintendo switch a few months ago and uh, oh, nice. the Zelda breath of the wild. I don't know if you ever played any Zelda games, but the music in, in those games is just like insane. Yeah. It takes it to this whole other place and this whole other experience. And, there, yeah. and there's been a few, only a few times in my life where my breath was literally like, taken away by like this like uh-huh. visual and audio experience that I was having and, and playing that game like there was a few moments like that and I was like wow, wow. so like I, so cool. I think at my core I want to create those experiences for other people yeah. because I know how much I appreciate it you know yeah. um, no, couldn't agree more yeah and that's, that's a big part of why I enjoy shooting for New City Players because I think that you guys are already doing that I just get to be a part of that mm. you know um, I don't need to be like the main person doing it. I just want to be part of it, you know. Oh, and you're you are clutch and a huge part of the success of why it happens. Um, we get comments all the time about our photography stuff, but yeah, I think that like core 
Yeah. I, I mean, to me, it is completely all of the movies and plays and television I've watched in the last 15 years. You know, there's those handful of moments where it's like something transcendent, something transformative happened. And like whatever that feeling is, I want to like take it and bottle it and swoosh it up inside myself and give it to someone else. Like that's all I want to do. There's words can literally not do it. No, there's no words. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's completely experiential, but that's great. I love that. So music, Uh, maybe you should check out, like, I think doesn't Hans Zimmer have a, uh, a composing masterclass. (laughs) Maybe (laughs) that could be a fun one. I'll sign up for a free month and then ditch that email account. And then exactly. (laughs) And then cancel it. (laughs) Um, what, what's, what's your, uh, what's your favorite like South Florida restaurant? Ooh, man, that's a really tough one. And well, I'm in go to order. Yeah. I'm in Palm beach County. Um, so I'll pick one from up here. One, yeah. Probably the place I've gone the most, I'll answer this in two parts. The place I've gone the most is Kapow, which they have one in one downtown West Palm beach and one in oh, Boca. In Meisner. Isn't there yeah, one in Meisner? Yep, yeah. That place is so good. Yeah, We've yeah. been there a few times. Yeah. I love that place. That's like a, that's the creature comfort um, place. Yes. And, you know, Hannah and I both love bow buns. So that's what usually we're Oh getting. my gosh. Yeah. So yeah. good. Fluffy taco, yeah. man. That's all it is. Yeah. <laughs> They're crazy. Um, and probably favorite was a restaurant that didn't make it very long here. It was called Jardine. And uh, yeah, hmm. the restaurant in West Palm Beach and Clamato Street, like their industry so here is just Italian or what? Uh, it was New American, it, okay. but they had like this like cocktail class that they did, and like it was just oh, a wow. really like they were doing stuff that they wanted to do. You know what I mean? And that's maybe yeah. why they didn't survive. <laughs> but I, <laughs> yeah. I was really into it. Um, unfortunately, yeah. can't go to that now. But I would recommend you go to Capow, um, and if and if you want even something newer than that. Um, anything in the subculture group of restaurants, which includes Kapow, um, uh, Sassafras, uh, Hullabaloo, like any of those subculture mm, group subculture restaurants. Subculture, the, the coffee shop? Yeah, so the, the yeah, that's oh. their, their own like restaurant group. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, and like the whole, I think it's 500 block in Clematis, like they own pretty much every restaurant wow. there. Um, which, I've been to that that subculture on Clematis yeah. several times. Anytime yeah. I've been up there, I, I love that place, yeah. but, but they just I had do, no idea they were in the restaurant business. Yeah. They just do awesome restaurants all over. Very cool. Yeah. That's like the, uh, I really love the be nice group mm. down in Broward. Yeah. Just top, top hat deli and lunchroom and coconuts yep. and Foxy Brown. Yeah. Uh, top hat deli is like a, a favorite place of mine. Oh, but. Nice. All right, man. Anything I didn't ask you, but I should have. <laughs> Any final uh, coronavirus, COVID-19 words to our oh, business man. leaders out there? Stay at home. But stay, stay at, home. at home. Stay at home. If you have editing projects, you can contact me and then I will tell Ryan to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. think about what's next right now. You know, I mean, yes, this, good. I don't know if we'll, I mean, I could probably say for sure that we're not, never going to have like a time like this in our life again, you know, within our mm. lifetime that we just have like nothing, everything's paused, you know, take that and like, don't waste this time. You know, I mean, don't like just binge Netflix all day. I mean, definitely watch Tiger King for sure. (laughs) But, um, I don't, I I still haven't watched it. Samantha watched it. Oh man. And obviously a lot of people are watching it. Uh, Like, should I really like, uh, yeah. Okay. There, 
the, I thought I knew what insanity was. <laughs> and I thought like I knew how, you know, I knew Florida man and all that stuff. I mean, we've, sure. Florida. we've, we've seen a lot right. of things, but this is just like the most insane thing. You just, especially the first three episodes, you're like, what am I watching right now? Yeah. And literally like, it's insane. <laughs> anyway, right. once you're done, once you're do done it. binging Tiger King, um, yeah, just don't waste this time, you know, make yeah. it intentional, make it, yep. you know, go on, go on a long walk and think about mm-hmm. what you want, um, what you want the next few years to be like, what you, right. We don't take enough time in our lives to, to, to really even think about what we want or what we need. Right. Right. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, I think that could probably be interpreted or applied in so many different ways. This idea of like using this time because some people might, you know, might receive that as like, I should be grinding even harder. You know, the, I could like get so much done. I can finally get through all those emails. I can finally do this other project that may be right for some people. You know, maybe some people needed some space to like dive into some other things. Yeah. Maybe some people needed some space to exercise, to interact with nature, like walk, take a walk outside, breathe the fresh air, slow down a little bit, reflect, meditate. I mean, I think, I think this is a time that can be used to serve a lot of different things, whether that's self-care or your business or a plan for when you come out of this or really looking at your cash flow, you know, what's your 30, 60, 90 day plan for, okay, at this point, then these decisions happen. At this point, then these decisions happen. You know, there's just a, a, a ton that can be done there during this time, both personally and professionally, that I totally agree. We can make use of it rather than squandering it by watching too much Netflix or being consumed in the news cycle, which is ever-changing and constant. So, yeah, I think that's great advice. All right, man. Well, great talk. Yeah, absolutely. And, I'll see you on Slack. I probably won't see you in person. That's not true. You're coming by to pick up some gear. So I will see you in person very soon from a six foot safe, uh, social distanced distance. That was like an anime Um, pose. Just at like this thing, like (laughs) social distancing. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, people that are just listening to that will never see that, but no, they won't. But great to see you. Great to talk to you. And thanks for doing this. All right. Thanks, Tim. Appreciate it. Talk yeah. to you soon. Thank you so much for listening, everyone, to my conversation with Ryan Arnst. Again, Ryan is one of our videographers, editors. He's also a uh, freelance photographer. Uh, cannot recommend him enough if you have photography needs to hire him to make that stuff happen. Uh, but also Stone Circle Media. Check out our website, stonecirclemedia.co. Uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram as well. If you need help during this time, uh, we mentioned it in the episode, but this that's kind of where we're at right now. I've, I've been reaching out to all former clients and people who we've done the podcast with and just saying, if there's any way we can consult or help with setting up home studios or pivoting your marketing and your messaging, or you just need someone to vent to about communication, whether internally with your team or externally to your clients or potential clients, uh, we're more than happy to help with that free of charge. Um, and if you have things, if you have media that you need edited, if you have 
uh, projects that you want to do that are simple, kind of one person. We can set up a camera six to eight feet away. Um, let us know. We're willing to do some of those things. We have a, a rigorous cleaning routine uh, and gloves and masks and all that kind of stuff that we're employing. Um, so let us know if you want us to help with any projects that you're doing, and we're more than happy to do that. Um, but thank you again for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye.